Sport Tracks on SAFM with John Kriger. With John, John, John Kriger. Half time in England, Chelsea lead Everton by one goal to nil. And locally, Kaiser Chiefs have been beaten by Royal AM. Royal AM one, Kaiser Chiefs nil. Uh, still coming up, Marisburg United against Sekakune kicks off in 28 minutes from now. But Royal AM beating Kaiser Chiefs one goal to nil. In Germany, there's a halftime score as well. Dortmund lead by Leverkusen by one goal to nil. I'll bring you updates on that. In case you missed it earlier, the Springboks have beaten New Zealand 26 points to 10. Argentina take on Australia at 10 past nine today. In the hockey, India against South Africa at the Commonwealth Games. India and South Africa were goalless last time I saw. Yeah, 15 minutes in the first half. It's still India against South Africa. Nil-nil. It's the semi-finals of the Commonwealth Games men's hockey there. Now, let's move on and stay with mountaineering. This time, women changing the game. Dushin Desel is, hopefully I said that correctly, Dushin Bester now. Dushin Desel was born... Back in 1970, South African mountaineer and businesswoman, part of the South African expedition to Mount Everest back in 1996. She joins us now. Dishun, thanks for joining us. Hi, it's uh, lovely to be here. Thank you. Are you are you best to know or were you just, you were best? You were Desel, now you best, right? <laughs> I think I confused people. It, it was Deshaun Desel before, so people would okay. know me from those days as Deshaun Desel, but I've since become bester. Okay, congratulations, I guess. Uh, let, let's talk about mountaineering. I don't know how much of the interview you heard now with John Black, who, who got to the top of K2. Uh, same question to you. Why, why mountain climbing? Oh, well, for me, um, first and foremost, I want to congratulate John and his team. Uh, K2 mm. is much, much harder to climb than Everest. And um, <laughs> it's so wonderful to see that the South Africans are starting to plant flags there. So that's really brilliant. Um, but to answer your question, for me, climbing big mountains and high adventure has been a was a childhood dream, you know, since I was a little kid. So I think when I first saw that Everest was advertised back in the late uh, months of 1995, it was just one of those things of destiny. And I knew that unless I tried to sign up and get to know that team, then I would always um, have a kind of a regret that I never tried um, to get onto the team. And fortunately for me, I was selected uh, alongside Cathy O'Dowd to um, to get uh, the South African flag to the summit of Everest in, in, back then. It was the first time the new South African flag was planted on top of the world. What was that moment like? Well, actually, it was the first time any South African flag. We, we oh, say really? the new South African flag, but there was not an old South African flag <laughs> <laughs> that had gotten to the summit of Everest. So really, it was a thing of history, you know, and a thing of privilege as well to be part of such a historic event at that time. What was it like? I mean, to, to, to not only get to the top, but to be one of the first. So for me, it was the team got the flag to the summit. Uh, as an individual, I didn't get to the summit in 96. Um, and I tried again in 2003, got fairly close, but both times weather pushed us down and then tried again in 2020. And then COVID came in the mountains, got closed down. So I have to say I've had some bad luck with getting to the summit of that mountain, but it's still there. <laughs> uh, but to answer it's your not question real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just the idea of climbing that high. I mean, my personal best is 8,300 meters, and uh, that's higher than uh, 99% of the world's mountains anyway. So it's, it's really just such a privilege to be able to, 
to get to that kind of height on supplemental oxygen in a region that so few people of the world will ever experience. So um, it's exhilarating and frightening all at the same time. When we spoke to John Black now, he, he seemed quite blasé about it. Yeah, I climbed the mountain. It was difficult to do, but, you know, we got there. For somebody who hasn't got there, who's, who's seen the point, and you could almost touch it, you could almost taste it, I'm sure, what's it yeah. like to climb these mountains? Um, it, it's hard. Uh, you know, I think once one has done a mountain, you come back and there's a sense of relief which, which makes you sound flippant. But uh, you, you, you certainly don't sound like that while you're on the slopes of the mountain, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> because, you know, it, 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 at high altitude, you, you're dealing with temperatures that are lower than minus 40 degrees Celsius. Most sure. of the time, the wind blows at about 70, 80 kilometers an hour. Um, it's usually cold, there are blisters, there's discomfort, there's long, long days um, in your boots, on crampons, um, and a lot of the sensation that anything can go wrong at any time. So it's really not pleasant while you're, you know, grafting away on the slopes, but uh, certainly that sense of relief coming back uh, can make it sound a bit blase. That's not what I meant. You just made it sound easy. (laughs) <laughs> it's, but I, I can't imagine what the temperatures are like and, and just having no air before you even started, you're already at high altitude. Yeah, look, I mean, um, on Mount Everest, for instance, on the South Coal route, um, you're at 5,360 meters above sea level, which is almost the height of Kilimanjaro. And that's where you kind of launch your entire expedition from. So you, you basically are always at high altitude for the for two months of climbing. So... Um, so, you know, it, it's not easy. And the higher up you go, of course, the less oxygen there is. By the time you mm. reach 8,000 meters on any of these mountains, you've got about 20, 25% oxygen available. Um, you know, so, so just for your body to be able to function normally for your vital organs to perform the same functions on so much less oxygen is in itself um, a really, really tough ask of the body. But um, as some humans, thousands of humans have proved so far, it can be done. Let's talk about being a woman mountain climber. What did, how is that different? Is it different? Um, I think it can be, but I can only speak from the perspective of a woman. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, there are things that one has to take into account. The, the male um, muscle-to-weight uh, ratio is, is better than the female muscle-to-weight ratio. We've got more fat per muscular uh, cell so um, you know that in itself already allows one to kind of carry heavier go faster Um, it's not to say that women can't do those things it's just to say that we climb differently Um, you know when I climbed in Alaska for instance many years ago I had 48 kilos of gear to take up the mountain which was at that stage two-thirds of my body weight Um, and that was a 10 hour a day kind of slog you know every day uphill so, you know, I just went slower than the rest of the guys because they, their muscles were able to haul uh, 50% of their body weight faster than mine was. Um, it didn't mean that I couldn't still do the thing. I was just maybe percentage-wise a little bit slower than the guys. Are you accepted by men or are there those that go, oh, we can't climb with a woman, she's too slow then? <laughs> oh, here's a controversial one. <laughs> I think it depends on the men. <laughs> Uh, oh. I've, I've had the privilege of climbing with some guys who are like really into it and, uh, and really encouraging. And I've also climbed with guys who can be quite impatient. You know, it's, it's a personality mm-hmm. thing at the end of the day. I guess. All right. All your, have all your men been okay? 
No, not all of them, but I'm not prepared to mention names. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you who they are. <laughs> They've been one or two not so great then. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and you, you, you run this Go Peak International Key Performance Insights and People Analytics. It's, it's a fascinating way that you, or you're involved with it, right? Um, it's, it's an interesting way that you've, you've made mountains and your business work together. Talk about all of that. Yeah, so um, I, I've always been in the business of uh, people development, training, um, business coaching, and so on. So for me, it's a, it's a lovely merge of um, or assimilation of climbing analogy, climbing lessons into things like leadership strategy, performance management, um, and I do it uh, with with uh, the you know the companies that ask me to come and spend time with their teams and their leadership. Mm. Um, so for me to bring the mountaineering analogy into what companies are going through uh, when it comes to those things, strategy, leadership, followership and performance management has allowed me to really kind of bring home the lessons of climbing without people actually having the experience of climbing. But having mm -hmm. said that, occasionally I do take people into the high altitude to make the <laughs> lesson more valuable. I tell you one of the best lessons I learned, and I, uh, I mean, it's probably what you do as well. Is I, when I was at high school, I was in prefect camp. We still had prefects back then, and they made us walk up Machalisberg because I was Joe yeah. Bergen. You, you walked up Machalisberg. We had to walk up to the top where the where the cable cars were at the time. Uh -huh. And the lesson then was like, you know, it starts off and you're all fun and games, and then halfway up, you don't really want to do it anymore. But when you reach the top, you know, it's that sense of accomplishment. And I thought that, that is kind of that's kind of stuck with me all the time. Is is that something that you think about when you're climbing mountains? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's no view better than when you actually earned it <laughs> by mm. by getting <laughs> there on your own feet. So, um, you know, people can fly over mountains and and do all sorts of things, but it's when you've really experienced the slog of it and you've had that moment where you had to push through a giving up point. Um, and, and then you feel the accomplishment. And once you're done with that or you stand at the top, uh, you know, just that sensation that you nearly didn't have this moment, um, mm. but you push through to get it. I think there's nothing quite like it. But there's that middle bit that just sucks. Eh? That middle bit sucks, you know. So I actually have a, a talk called Tackling the Summit because I spend a lot more time uh, with my audiences talking about that middle bit. Uh, the mm. slog, the difficulty, the wanting to give up, the pushing through, the sacrificing. Because, you know, life is more like that than it is like standing at the top of a mountain. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> to be quite, quite honest, I think we can all agree to that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you, you've done a lot of mountains. Uh, you've climbed 14 expeditions, five continents, 15 years. Uh, same question I asked Jack Black, John Black earlier. Is there, is there, what, what's more there for you to do? Uh, I still have to complete my seven summits um, plan. Um, so mm -hmm. I've not been to Mount Vincent in Antarctica, and I've got a couple of mountains I need to return back to, like Everest. Um, I've also not been to um, Kosciuszko in, in um, Irian Jaya. So, you know, I've got a couple more. There are some mountains, too, that have nothing to do with, uh, you know, ticking boxes, but they are worth pursuing. Um, for instance, there's not a single person who's ever done all the mountains in the different African countries. Um, right. So, you know, quite a few more things to do. <laughs> there's, there's always a list that you can make, right? 
There's always a list. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just having a look. Only 678 women have climbed Everest in the, since 1975. So that's that. I mean, to be one of 700 women on the planet is pretty impressive if you get there. Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's a, that's just the thing. You can still see that the male to female ratio of climbing is mm. um, is, is is quite a large gap there. But uh, thankfully, I would say in the last 10 years. I've personally observed a lot more women kind of, you know, signing up and going. And like I said, in, in 2020, we were going to be the first all-female team. Uh, we were aiming for that. And, um, you know, all sorts of reasons, COVID, all kinds of things happened. But there's still that space for women to kind of make a mark for themselves in the, in the altitudes of the world. Yeah, there's been some rough years. This year seemed like a good year to climb Everest, but you know, the last four or five years have been really, really yeah. tough to get up there. Oh my goodness, sure. they had a bumper season this year. There were no, there were nearly no reports that I know of, and I watch it, watch it closely, uh, of, mm. you know, massive avalanche danger. And, uh, you yes. know, it was just a fantastic year. Um, if it was like that um, all the time, then I think more women would um, would sign up to do it. We're we're a very sensible lot, you know, except for me, maybe. But, you know, most women are quite sensible. And I was also having a look. The oldest woman to have done it is 68 years old. Janice Smith did it in 2012. So there's still plenty of time for you to do. Yes. No. Uh, the 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 wonderful thing, uh, John, about high altitude climbing is that. Uh, the older you get, the more your chances of surviving it for some reason. Um, I think I've, I've figured it out. You know, I think older people don't take themselves too seriously. So when it comes to like taking instructions from the guides and going slowly, uh, they, they are far better at doing that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And far, far better at not wanting to push themselves too hard. And sometimes that's what's required at high altitude. You just really need to pace yourself. Um, and and I've just noticed that older people do that better. Yeah, because because maybe, maybe yeah, like you say, we're a little bit cleverer. We don't have to get there too quickly. Life is, <laughs> life's a journey. I heard Enjoy you say it. you. I I heard you say we, John. Is that? Uh... <laughs> that well, there's two years between you and me, and you're only twenty five, so that's fair. I know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of fun, uh, like you said. <laughs> Dishun, it's been great chatting to you. Congratulations. And you're an inspiration to women around the planet. And hopefully you. you get to the tops of those peaks that you're aiming Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Still working on it. Thanks so much, John. Dishun Bester is a South African mountaineer and businesswoman, putting them together, working them together. Congratulations to her aiming for those mountains. Will she get to the top of Everest? You bet she will.